Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of On Point with Bishop Rudolph. Uh, last week, we began a two-part series dealing with the dynamics of the Holy Ghost. And today, we're going to cover part two. Just want to give you a recap. If you weren't here last week, he went into explaining who the Holy Ghost is, talked about it convicting of sin, converting, and cleansing. And so today, he's going to talk to us about three more points on the dynamics of the Holy Ghost. But before we get started, Bishop, I want you to explain for those who are here now, who is the Holy Ghost? Well, good morning. How are you doing, sir? And to the audience that is listening, uh, that that if you're listening on this, this morning, I am just so happy to be here with you. The Holy Ghost is a person, and the Holy Ghost is a part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And in our study on last week, we found out that the Holy Ghost is a person. It is an actual person, just like the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and what our Father and Son, rather. And what I like about this particular situation is that the Holy Spirit is just a powerful part of the Trinity. It is just so wonderful to be alive and to have a Spirit-filled life. Uh, We know that the Holy Spirit is a person. Uh, because the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit speaks according to Acts 13 and 2. It always, it, it has told us that uh, in Romans 15 and 30, that the Holy Spirit loves, and in Romans 8, 26 through 27, that it, it, that it intercedes for us. Uh, so it is a person in within the Trinity. And when you look at it like that, and when you deal with the Holy Spirit like that, it really makes things come alive, and it helps you to understand what it means to have a spirit-filled life. I don't want to just be in church Sunday after Sunday. I want to have a spirit-filled and an active life, which is so important for me uh, in, in my saved, sanctified life and walk with Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost is a being. And I am learning so much as we go into our study of the days of Pentecost um, and the the days leading up to Pentecost Sunday, what the Holy Spirit is all about. When we look at everything that's going on in the world today, from the pandemic to racial injustice uh, to shootings, people are all over the place with regard to how they feel and they don't know what to feel and and where to go. Explain to us today in this time, how can we find comfort when it comes to the Holy Ghost? Well, we can find comfort in the fact that in the midst of today's world, we have threats of wars, we have separations, divorces, uh, shortages one way or another, inflation, and all of this brings about frustration and disappointment, but, uh, disappointment, particularly when we are dealing with racial injustice and we are dealing with racial tension. The, the events that have been happening in this country in the past couple of weeks, within the past year or so, have been just astronomical. But it's just good to know that in the, in the process of what you're dealing with, that the Lord has sent us another comforter. 
according to the gospel, according to St. John, the 14th chapter and the 16th verse, the Bible specifically says he shall give you another comforter that he may be able to abide with you forever. This comforter that Jesus sent in his place, and, and again, this comforter was in the place of Jesus because Jesus said, I am going away, but when I go, I am going to send you a comforter. And this comforter comes to give us life and that more abundantly. Christians are confronted with difficulties always, but they can truly possess the peace and the comfort. We can truly possess the peace and the comfort that only the presence of the Holy Ghost can bring. And I am so glad that not only am I uh, saved from my sins and I have given God my life and I am doing what he wants me to do, I am so glad that even in the midst of all of the difficulties I face, I can possess a peace and a comfort uh, that I can't get with my mother or father, that I can't get with that I have that within the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Okay. Let's look at control. Um, everybody likes to be in control of their own lives and control of their situations. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, what do you mean by he controls? Well, I looked that particular verse of scripture in John 16 and 13, I looked at that particular scripture and it says, how be he will guide you into all truth. And that word guide in that particular tense or in that particular sense of the word, it's not guiding and leading and controlling or leading um, and guiding as we would think. Uh, that word God means to control. So how be it when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will control uh, you to go into all truth. To me, that's a very powerful concept. And so many people, let me explain it this way. Many people try to live their lives depending upon their own strength. Uh, for instance, if I tried to do things on my own, I would not be able to do it because I am in a flesh state. But because of Jesus and because of the spirit controlling me, my I cannot just depend upon my own strength. I have more than just my own strength. See, people fail because they use their finite power, which is not sufficient for living successfully spiritually. But when you have God's spirit on the inside of you, leading you and guiding you, it's a total different situation. We need the guidance and direction of the Holy Ghost. Uh, God is omniscient and he is om om omnipotent, uh, but he gives to those special power who are totally committed to him. And I'm just excited that he gives me a sense of control through the Holy Spirit, not just guiding me, but controlling my life. It is so, so wonderful that we have this extra power. Uh, the Bible tells us, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And this is the only way that we can be effective witnesses because we are controlled by the Holy Ghost. 
in your experience, Bishop, what keeps most believers from experiencing all that the Holy Ghost has to offer? I think, quite frankly, it is us. I think that we are in a situation where we just go through the norm. For instance, every Sunday we go to church, we listen to songs, we listen to scriptures, we hear a good sermon and we go home, but we never take those sermons and put them into practice. I want more out of my Christian life than just going to church and just being involved in church activities. I want a spirit-filled, dedicated life, a committed life that the Holy Spirit can give me so that I can have more and I can be able to live more abundantly. That is what means so much to me as it relates to uh, the Holy Ghost and, and speaking and preaching about the dynamics of the Holy Ghost as we have over the past uh, couple of weeks. So again, uh, the Holy Ghost, it, it not only uh, helps me uh, in the sense uh, that it comforts me when I'm down, when I'm out, when I need support, when I need help, but it helps to control my every action, my walking, my talking, and my spiritual life. I want to live a full spirit-filled life, and I can only do that through the controlling mechanism of the Holy Spirit. Excellent insights, um, Bishop Rudolph. So we're talking about comfort controlling. Now, this whole aspect of, of being kept, you know, in the world of Christianism, we say, you know, if you want to be kept, God will keep you. How does the Holy Spirit do that? What is the keeping power of the Holy Spirit, because one scripture that comes to mind deals with the fact that we are sealed unto the day of redemption. Well, I, I, I not only use that scripture, but I want to go back to a scripture that we used last week where it talks about uh, in Second Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold, all things are become new. The way the Holy Spirit keeps you in your day-to-day -day walk with Jesus Christ is that the old man, when it tries to creep up uh, in our day-to-day -day living, we can remind ourselves that I'm a new creature in Christ. And so the way I used to walk, I don't walk that way anymore. The things I used to do, I don't do those things anymore. The places that I used to go, I don't go there anymore. Why? Because I have a brand new mindset. I have, <clears throat> excuse me, a brand new spirit. And I am using this newness to walk in a spirit of not only control, but to walk into the spirit where I am kept. Um, again, you, you mentioned that uh, the older saints used to say, if you want to be kept, the Holy Ghost can keep you. And I really didn't understand what that meant until I grew older and began to experience a lot of things in my life uh, so that I can truly say, if you want to be kept in this walk with Christ, if you really want to walk with him in the way that we should, I guarantee you that if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, it will keep you. And not only will it lead you and guide you, but it will. So that you will be able to be spiritually kept. I want to go to heaven. 
And in order for me to go to heaven, I can't do any and everything and expect to be a true representative of Jesus Christ. I really want my life to be reflective of the image of Christ. So I want to be kept. There are going to be times when I uh, would like to get into my flesh and give somebody a piece of my mind. I, there are some times when I want to get into my flesh and I want to get back at a person because they've done something wrong against me. But the Bible tells me that I have to love my enemies. I have to pray for those that curse me, pray for those that despitefully use me. And the only way that I can do it is I have to do it through the guidance and the control and being kept by the Holy Spirit. And that is the type of experience you need to be. If your spiritual life has not come to that point of being kept, then you definitely need to pray and fast that the Lord will give you a sense of direction through the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Bishop Rudolph. I, I want to talk about um, another another thing found over in John chapter 14, verse 26, because we've been talking about comfort, control, and keeping, and that aspect of control. You know, when you're a baby Christian, you know, you have to learn a lot of different things and a lot of things you don't know. When we're looking at the Holy Spirit, he himself, he talks about this concept of, of being a teacher. Can you share some insight on that with us from John 14 and, and 26? Oh, yes, sir. I, I would be happy to. Uh, that particular verse of Scripture, John 14 and 26, says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. This particular passage of Scripture tells us that Jesus Christ was here during a certain period of time. And during that time, he was our comforter. He was our keeper. But as he ascended back to heaven to be with the Father, we needed a comforter. And so on the day of Pentecost, which we celebrate on the fourth Sunday in the month of May, on the day of Pentecost, um, we celebrate the fact that the comforter has come, that the Holy Spirit has come. And everything that we have been taught spiritually, everything that we have been taught through God's word, everything that we have been taught through the Father will be given to us and be brought back to our remembrance by the Holy Spirit. That's the promise of the Father. That's the promise of his son, Jesus Christ. And so he will teach us and lead us uh, into all truth. And that's what the Comforter does. And that's where this particular passage of Scripture means so much and comes to comes to light on this particular discussion on today. So is the Holy Spirit automatically given or do you have to ask for it? The Holy Spirit is a gift. Um, and you ask for this particular gift that God gives unto you. Now, uh, the good thing about a gift is that you don't have to work for it. There are some people who believe that once a person has committed their life to Jesus Christ and once their sins have been forgiven, uh, that they have to work in order to receive the Holy Spirit. And that is false. 
you do not have to work for it. But if we ask for God's spirit to come into our hearts and to come into our spirit man, it will come. But it is a gift. It is something uh, that Christ gives to us. Just like at Christmas, we give each other gifts because to us, uh, that's that's in one of the most important parts of the actual holiday. Not only do we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but we also give gifts uh, to individuals. Well, nothing wrong with that. But a gift is something that I give to you. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to be a part of a royal family or of some type of pedigree in order to receive it. I've asked for it, and I'm going to receive it. It is a gift from God, and I'm glad that he has given it to me, and he can give it to every believer who asks for it. You're listening to On Point with Bishop Robert Rudolph, and we're continuing our discussion on the dynamics of the Holy Ghost. Today, we have been talking about comfort, control, keeping, and he explained once again who uh, the Holy Ghost is. And we also just finished up talking about the Holy Spirit being a teacher. I have another question for you um, revolving around Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. We often hear of, you know, the indwelling and the filling of the Holy Spirit. Can you talk to us about what's the difference between the indwelling and then the filling of the Holy Spirit, Bishop? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. This particular verse of Scripture in Ephesians 5 and 18, it ends with these words. The last latter part of that Scripture says, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, that was an extreme command that Jesus gave unto us. He did not give us a choice of whether or not to be filled with the Spirit, but he gave us a command, be, but be filled with the, the Spirit. And in the English language, I have been told that whenever there is a command, you can put you in front of it. So in this particular uh, verse of Scripture, you can say, but you be filled with the Spirit. It is a command. And if God commands us to be filled with his spirit, then that means it's important for us to know the Holy Spirit for ourselves. So um, in the in the Old Testament, as as we mentioned before, uh, when power was needed, when victory was needed, when valor was needed, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they did mighty works through the Holy Spirit but the Spirit was not on the inside of them. Now, there is a huge difference because when the Spirit is on you, you feel His presence. But when the Spirit is in you, you will live the correct life that you need to live. So that's the difference between the the two. If it comes upon me, I feel the Spirit. If it comes upon me, I feel the presence of God. If it comes upon me, I feel good. But when it is on the inside when it comes in me. It really literally cleans up everything on the inside that's not like Jesus Christ. I think uh, Hezekiah Walker uh, sung a song, Won't He Make You Clean Inside? Uh, It's just like a, a cleansing agent. He cleans you from the inside out. And I love it because that tells me 
that when you are clean from the inside out, you're, what's most important, it's what's on the inside anyway. Many of us try to clean up on the outside. We, we have the, a certain appearance on the outside. We appear as if we're holy. We appear as if we are uh, sanctified. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But on the inside, our spirit is dirty. It's filthy. It's nasty. But I would rather have it just the opposite, where I am clean from the inside out. That's what the Spirit of God will do. So that's the difference between being filled with the the Spirit and having the infilling of the Spirit uh, versus just having the presence of God fall upon you. Before I open up the floor uh, to any questions that we may have today, Bishop Rudolph, are there any last points that you would like to make about the dynamics of the Holy Ghost today? Well, in my uh, studies of the Holy Spirit, I want to express to everyone that's listening, if you feel um, that you have a commitment with the Lord only because you've asked him to forgive you of your sins, that is wonderful. But I want you, I dare you to go one step further, and that is to ask for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Because when you are filled with his presence, there is a total different regard of how you spiritually walk on this earth. It is totally different. Your, your uh, dimension and, and your walking with Christ will be totally different than what it is right now because there is a spiritual cleansing that takes place. And quite frankly, you feel and you get to know the Holy Spirit for yourself. We can tell you what the Holy Spirit can do for you, but it's hard for you to actually witness it until you have it. So I want everyone to witness the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Bishop Rudolph. Um, Blake, welcome to the stage. What is your question for Bishop Rudolph today? I have a question at this moment. Okay. Is there anyone, um, before we get ready to close out today's segment of On Point with Bishop Rudolph, does anyone have a question? I'm going to invite you all to the floor today before we close out. Well, um, Bishop, it looks like no one has any questions today for you with regard to the dynamics of the Holy Ghost part two on today's edition of On Point. With that being said, Bishop, I'm going to give you the final words. Well, again, I I just thank you for the opportunity to be able to talk and to speak about the Holy Spirit. And uh, it's, it's very good for a person to understand what God's spirit does when it comes into your life. And I want to invite you to know the Holy Ghost, know the presence of the Holy Ghost for yourself, not what someone else has said, not what someone else has stated, but know it for yourself. It's something when you know uh, and you can witness to something. And I want to preach about something that I know about. And since I know about the Holy Spirit, I want to preach about it effectively because, in my opinion, it has made the difference in my Christian life. Thank you so very much, Bishop Rudolph. And I want to thank everyone who participated today by either listening or coming on the platform today on today's segment of On Point with Bishop Rudolph. Until next time, I just want to say, everybody, may the grace of God be upon you. Be blessed.